Welcome to Money Isn't Scary, a podcast for women to explore our fears around money and inspire each other to be financially empowered. I'm Megan Dwyer, and I'm making it my personal mission to remove the taboo around money and help women rewrite their stories so they can stop staying small and begin to live life on their terms. In this show, we get real and uncomfortable as we unpack our beliefs, thoughts, and behaviors that aren't serving us anymore. I can't wait for you to join me on this journey. So let's dive in. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Money Isn't Scary podcast. I'm Megan Dwyer. So it's March and it's Women's History Month. And today is March 8th, which is actually International Women's Day. So to celebrate, I want to talk about some women pioneers in the financial world. We don't hear about women enough. Usually when we think about pioneers in finance and financial services, it's always the men, right? Alexander Hamilton, he was one of the original founders of the entire financial system in the U.S. Uh, James Madison, David Rockefeller, um, I'm thinking people like Henry Paulson, um, former U.S. Secretary of the Treasury, Jamie Dimon, CEO of J.P. Morgan, right? People like that. Even when I started my career in 2006 in this industry, it was a lot of men, many of whose wives stayed home and took care of the kids, affording them the option to focus as much as possible on their own careers. There were very few women in leadership positions. And of those women in higher up roles, and I'm talking corporate world, there were even fewer who were moms, right? Especially moms with little kids. So it was really difficult for me to see people who looked like me and wanted what I wanted. Again, probably another reason why I felt so out of place for so many years in my career. The messages I got early on, though, was that this is a boy's world. And if I wanted to be successful, I couldn't waste my time on having a family, right? Which inadvertently got me into the shame spiral of feeling like I had to pretend that I didn't want a family, even when I did want a family, right? So messed up. If I had seen other women, though, with little kids being real and honest and vulnerable about their dreams and their values and their skills and their passions and their struggles. Oh my God, their struggles. Maybe I might have had a different experience. Maybe I would have had a little more confidence in myself back then. But that's why I'm here now doing this, talking about this. So maybe I can inspire one other person out there to be their authentic selves at work, no matter who you are or what you want. Looking back now, this experience that I had kind of growing up in the financial services world just reinforced this belief that I don't fit in, that I'm too emotional for this industry. I'm not going to make it. But hey, I chose this career, so I'm stuck with it, which is so incredibly limiting and just gives me like this icky feeling as I'm talking through it. It just, it makes me emotional. What I needed at the time, and frankly still do, is to see more people like me. But again, this is all a function of our culture and gender roles from very early on that we learn. When I was growing up, the working women in my life were nurses and teachers and secretaries or admin or assistants, right? I know this is starting to change, but it is our responsibility to make sure that happens because we need change. We need to challenge the norms because 
until you see people doing the things that aren't quote unquote traditional, like I just said, kind of the, the female jobs, the nurses, the teachers, the secretaries, you don't really think it's possible, which is exactly what happened to me. I never had financial planner Barbie when I was a kid. And frankly, she still doesn't exist. So that's why I'm doing this episode today to highlight and bring to light some of those women, many of whom we have never heard of, who've made an impact on money history. So here we go. First of all, someone we have heard of before, Abigail Adams, who was born in 1744. We know her as being President John Adams' wife and the mother of President John Quincy Adams, but I didn't know until I did a little research that she was also the first recorded female investor in American history, as well as one of the first advocates of women's equal education and property rights. She had very strong feelings about marriage and believed women should take more part in decisions rather than simply serve their husbands. Amazing, right? She oversaw the household finances when her husband was away and was one of the first female bond traders. When most people were buying real estate, she was trading government-issued bonds during the Revolutionary War. She used some of her wealth to help women in need. Pretty awesome, right? Henrietta Green. Born into wealth, Henrietta Green began learning about the financial industry very early. When her father purchased fine clothing for her, she reportedly sold the garments and used the money to purchase government bonds. She invested the interest from her father's trust fund in Civil War bonds, which paid a high yield in gold as well as railroad stocks. As a result of these kind of investments, as well as real estate, she was known as America's richest woman until she died in 1916. Interestingly, her nickname was also the Witch of Wall Street, but those who knew her well referred to her as the Queen of Wall Street because of her willingness to lend freely and at reasonable interest rates that to financiers and city governments during financial unrest. Victoria Woodhull, along with her sister, Tennessee Claflin, opened the first women-owned brokerage on Wall Street. As a suffragette, Woodhall also became the first woman to run for president, choosing the abolitionist Frederick Douglass as her running mate. Woodhall and Claflin made history in 1870 when they became the first female stockbrokers on Wall Street. That's pretty cool. Maggie Lena Walker. In 1903, Walker opened the St. Luke Penny Savings Bank. And in doing so, she became the first African-American woman to charter a bank in the United States and the first African woman to serve as bank president. The institution was not only a resource for adults, but also children, since Walker circulated penny banks to families. She was paralyzed later on in life and then became an example for people with disabilities. That's really cool. Um, one of the women that I think is really fascinating and really inspiring is Madam C.J. Walker. Born in 1867 to enslaved parents on a cotton plantation in Louisiana, Sarah Breedlove, the, her real name, became the first self-made woman millionaire through creating and selling a line of hair care products specifically for African-American women after developing a scalp condition of her own that caused her to lose some of her hair. Breedlove, along with her husband, founded Madam C.J. Walker Company, the surname that she then used, which ended up becoming wildly successful across the country. Even after her death in 1919, plans for her business were still carried out. 
Today, she is still remembered as a pioneering black female entrepreneur who embraced financial independence and working from the ground up. Sales of the hair care products and her success in investing in real estate made her one of the country's first female self-made millionaires. As her business grew, she not only provided employment to thousands of people, but engaged in philanthropic endeavors in support of education and social justice. Side note, Madam C.J. Walker's great-great-granddaughter, Aaliyah Bundles, recently launched the new Madam by Madam C.J. Walker hair care line inspired by the original Madam Walker products. And that's in a partnership with uh, Walmart. So go check it out. I think this is so cool. Muriel Mickey Siebert uh, is the next woman I want to talk about. So considered to be the first woman in finance to some, Muriel Siebert became the first woman to have a seat on the New York Stock Exchange in 1967, joining as the only woman among 1,365 males on the floor. Siebert was a loud voice for equality, having changed jobs numerous times throughout her career because of being paid less than men. That's awesome. She went on to open her own brokerage firm and served as the superintendent of banking in the state of New York in 1977. She notes that women must continue to knock down barriers, stating that when a door is hard to open and if nothing else works, sometimes you just have to rear back and kick it open. That woman's a badass. <laughs> I love her. Gail Panky Albert. Gail Panky Albert started working for the New York Stock Exchange right out of high school in 1971. Since her family couldn't pay for her college tuition, she forged her own path to alter the dynamics of her life. Panky Albert took on various roles within the New York Stock Exchange, including a punch card carrier, a computer operator, and an institutional clerk. Then in 1981, she became the first black woman to hold a coveted seat on the floor. That promotion was not without its challenges. Some tried to hinder her ability to do her job by cutting her phone lines or filling her desk drawer, this is crazy, crazy, with Parmesan cheese so it dried like concrete. But Panky Albert would not be derailed. She went on to launch her own institutional trading firm that remained successful for the next decade. After 30 years on Wall Street, Panky Albert left to pursue her dream of getting her college degree. In 2010, she graduated from Thomas Edison University with a bachelor's degree in business administration and now holds a PhD in business administration, international business from North Central University. That's really cool. Janet Yellen. Janet Yellen became the first female confirmed for the top spot at the Central Bank of the United States in its 100-year history. Janet Yellen is now the first woman to hold each of the top economic positions in federal government after being sworn in as U.S. Treasury Secretary for the Biden administration on January 26, 2021. Yellen was also the first woman to become chair of the Board of Governors for the U.S. Federal Reserve from 2014 to 2018 and served as the chair of the Council of Economic Advisors under the Clinton administration from 1994 to 1997. Yellen has been widely applauded for her performances while in office. Her performance as the Fed chair garnered an A rating from 60% of economists surveyed by the Wall Street Journal. And finally, Adina Friedman. Adina is the first woman to lead a global stock exchange company. Friedman began leading NASDAQ as president and chief operating officer in 2017. Forbes has repeatedly listed her as one of the world's most powerful women on their annual Power Women list. 
Also, fun fact, she is a black belt in Taekwondo, which she started studying after taking her sons to classes. And she had said it helps her become more fearless in business. That's a badass too. So that's nine incredibly powerful, trailblazing women in the financial services industry. I actually loved doing research on these women because many of them I didn't really know about, and they've made an incredible impact on the world today. Again, if I had known about these women years ago, I think it would have changed a lot about how I feel about myself in this industry. So International Women's Day is a day to acknowledge and honor women around the world for the contributions that they make to our society. And we need so much more than one day and even one month, right? But at least we have that. At least we have the acknowledgement. So let's do this. Let's take this as an opportunity to remind ourselves again that we are not alone in any of the struggles that we're going through. There are so many other women out there that are going through exactly what you're going through. And the most important part of this is the mindset. We are all in this together and we it's our responsibility to support each other and support all those other women out there on their journeys. But it all starts with us, okay? Thank you guys so much for listening today. If you liked this episode, please, as always, feel free to share it with a friend. And if you want to connect with me more or send me a message, you can find me on Instagram at Money Isn't Scary. And you can also join my Facebook group, The Mindful Money Mamas. All right, you guys. Thanks again. I'll talk to you next time.